When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly show on a Wednesday, and it's going to be a fun day today. Why? Well, one, we have some great guests. Two, I mean, the main reason, me. What, Chris? It's, I am the main reason. It's my show. <laughs> Three, 
Our history story today, before we get to all this yucky political stuff, and I will get to it, as you can imagine, I have stories on this Biden fiasco. But before we get to any of that, the history story today is an American Revolution story. And if you're one of the people out there like me, and you hear stories about the American Revolution, and it creates a sense of patriotism, and excitement in you, you should just know this. There's a lot of us. I have, as you can tell, I have history tastes that run the gamut. I mean, absolutely run the gamut. I'm all over the place. I'm happy to do something a thousand years before Christ in China. And I'm happy to do World War II stuff, which I do all the Cold War stuff. And everything in between and everywhere in between, I like to bounce around. I find it gives me a, a better perspective on things, and it keeps things fresh. I realize that's not for everybody. Some people are just uh, American history or, or African history or something like that. I like, to, I like it all. But there's something about the American Revolution, that point in time where we did the impossible, that I've always loved and I've always appreciated, especially at a time now when... <sighs> I don't want to say crumbling. That's not that's not the right way to put it. But when we are certainly, we appear to be on the back end of this thing here, as far as keeping it all together and staying free and whatnot. I like I like looking back and thinking about thinking about what the men did who got us this place, and it really was impossible what they did for a colonial people to take on the most powerful empire in the world and come out not only on top. It's one thing to come out on top. That alone is, I mean, that's not even possible, right? But okay, you do it. It's happened before. We come out on top. To come out on top and come out on top and go take that success and create a system of government where men are free, and then from that system of government, the country simply explodes There has never been. People talk a lot about whether they will study America. I wonder if they're going to care about us 500 years from now, uh, 1,000 years from now. What are they going to say about America? Oh, yes, they will. They will study America. They will study America if for nothing else, even if the the wars get forgotten. World War II isn't even hardly remembered back then. It's a little blip in the history books, which is crazy to think about, but it will one day. That's what time does. America will be remembered by historians, if we have any real ones a thousand years from now. Lord knows we don't have many now, but America will be remembered by historians as the country that just economically exploded, and that explosion blew all over the world. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to the history story in a second, I'm sorry, but we don't realize it enough. We don't talk about it enough on the show. That American wealth, the wealth that was created from having a country of free people combined with the natural resources and whatnot, the wealth that was created there raised the world out of poverty. Isn't that insane to think about? It went, and back when, this is back when we were an extremely isolationist country, it still just exploded all over the world. We had so much of it, it boiled over into everybody. 
So when we talk about how it began and the men who fought it in the beginning, the American Revolution, I like thinking about it. It it makes me feel good. So that's what we're doing today because there was something on my mind last night as I was looking at this culture war we're fighting, the struggles we're having. There was something heavily, heavily on my mind about it, and I will get to that at the end of this story. For now, let's go to a man with maybe the coolest nickname in the history of nicknames, the Swamp Fox. The man's real name was Francis Marion, and we will get to why he had that nickname in just a few. He didn't give it to himself. I can't believe these guys, Chris, who give themselves nicknames. Gosh, how conceited do you have to be? What, Chris? Seriously. Francis Marion was born in 1732, and he was born on a plantation in South Carolina. He had several siblings. That was the norm back then. And let's remember this. You had a lot of kids back then. This is just terrible to think about, right? You had a lot of kids back then because half of them weren't going to live to see adulthood. I mean, by the 1700s, medical care was getting better in America, but 30, 40%. They're not going to see adulthood. Isn't that wild? So they had to, you just, you had big families. Well, we're going to lose a couple. It's crazy to think about that. When you're a parent, there's nothing worse to think about. Imagine having them and just knowing that was your reality of life. Anyway, so their youngest, young Francis, comes out. And they said, even as a baby, they think he was premature. Some of his life's pretty fuzzy. They think he was premature because he was absolutely minuscule. They said you could fit the guy in a jug of water. So he's a tiny, tiny baby. And he has small, odd, deformed legs on top of it. And as I mentioned, youngest in the family. And this situation does not improve as he gets older. At his full height as a full-grown man, Francis Marion. If you've heard of him before, you know the stud, the swamp fox, the guy who made life miserable for the British. He was 5'2". <laughs> the dude was 5'2". No wonder he couldn't find a wife. Oh, quit. We can quit. We can joke about short people now and then, Chris. Quit. Anyway, 5'2", as a child, he's small. Obviously smaller than everyone else. He has messed up legs. They're weird. He is, and you know I don't do a bunch of personal appearance stuff, right? I just, I don't know. I don't like it. It's not something I do a lot of. I'm not judging you for whatever. I just don't do a ton of it. I'm not saying never. I just don't do a bunch of it. So I'm not being mean to this legend in American history when I say this. But what do you want me to do? It's written down. He was ugly. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. It's in writing from a child on to adulthood. Francis Marion was short with weird, ugly, deformed legs, and he was apparently ugly as sin. And to complete the entire look for the swamp fox, he was apparently mean, abrasive, a joyless human being, a no good son of a, uh, and you can go ahead and finish that yourself. That last part was an actual exact quote describing Francis Marion. 
This may be a guy you want fighting for you against people who want to kill everyone you know. This is not a guy you want to invite to the neighborhood cocktail party. Just trust me on that. Francis Marion was a very, very small, mean, unpleasant individual. And you know what? Thank the good Lord on high he was born. We will go into the story of the Swamp Fox. I'll try to wrap this up fairly quickly today. And then we have a packed show. Great guests for you. It's going to be a blast of a Wednesday. And I shouldn't I shouldn't forget, if you miss any part of the Jesse Kelly show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, on Google, on Spotify, and on iTunes. On iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. And we are two days, two days away from an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions in now, 877-377-4373, or you can email them to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We will be right back to continue the story with the Swamp Fox and then the Biden mess. Jake's Mint Chew is the way you're going to quit dipping. Jake's Mint Chew is the way you're going to quit smoking. You know how it works? Here's how it works. When you're a dipper or a smoker, you have a routine. You are used to it. It becomes It's more than a nicotine addiction. I know that's part of it. It's part of your daily routine, right? I did this all the time. When I dipped, I would have a meal. Whenever I would have a meal, as soon as the meal was done, boom, I would throw in a dip. And so I did that for year after year after year. Well, when I'm trying to quit dipping, I'll eat a meal and it becomes overwhelming. I've got to have a dip in. Jake's Mint Chew allows you to put that dip in, except it's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. It will get you off the bad stuff. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE, J-E-S-S-E, for 20% off. We are back on the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. May have dialed up the caffeine a touch too high today. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what gets me, Chris. Before we get back into our story with the Swamp Fox, I'll tell you what gets me. I love coffee. I enjoy my first cup, and then the second cup comes around, and I'm all, "Ooh, this will be really nice." And I enjoy that one even more than the first cup. So logic dictates if you enjoyed the first one, and you enjoyed the second one even more. What about a third one? Maybe a, maybe a fourth. Let's go crazy. And then and then you find yourself sitting here getting ready to do the show all excited. And you look down and your, your, your palms are sweating. That's weird. <laughs> all right. Back to the Swamp Fox before I get to this little Biden mess today. Oh, gosh. What a disaster. So he's a country boy. He's the youngest in his family. Again, short, deformed legs, ugly, and mean. He despised school. He left very early. He was pretty much illiterate. 
He is working on the plantation, and he is an outdoor man. We will come back to that. His dad dies early on. He becomes a sailor because when his dad dies, you know their family had a plantation. They essentially split it up, and he didn't get any of it. And he was just kind of left in the lurch and chooses at the age of 15 to become a sailor. I want you to think about what you were like at 15, fellas, especially you. At 15, I was the size of a twig at 15. I couldn't imagine signing up to be a sailor because sailor life, remember, this is, I mean, sailing life, boat life today, these international shipping companies and stuff like that, it's tough today. Crappy bed, crappy food, boring, long time away, bad weather, hard work. It's tough. On these old, like, sailing ships, it was, you were on there with convicts. I'm not making that up. The guys who chose that life oftentimes were the guys with no other options. You're there with a bunch of harsh convicts most of the time. Definitely not the most capable people ever. It was just a brutal, brutal life. At 15, he walks onto a ship. And then (laughs) his first major trip, his ship, I'm not even kidding, gets hit by a whale. I, I, I would love to hear the real story. There's no way that could be true, but I looked it up. It's what everyone says. His ship gets hit by a whale and sinks. He's now on a lifeboat with seven dudes in the middle of the ocean. They have no food. They have no water because the ship went down so fast. Two of the men die over the course of the days because there's no food and no water. Yet this 15-year-old kid who's apparently made of iron doesn't. He finally obviously lives, gets back to shore, and decides, you know, I'm not sure about this whole ocean thing. (laughs) You know, I tried it, and it just, it really didn't seem like it was for me. So he goes back home. Now home, again, he didn't have anything, but he goes back, lives with his mom. He's doing plantation stuff. And he is an outdoorsman. And now all the southern guys were like that. I shouldn't say all. Most of the southern guys were fairly outdoorsy back in the day. Shoot, it's like that still to this day. But an outdoorsman is more than just knowing what to fish with in a certain area. An outdoorsman is more than just uh, being a good shot. I mean, you're out there shooting for your food half the time, which obviously he was. He did plenty of hunting. When you get familiar with the outdoors, it's like anything else. When you do something for long enough, you pick up on a million little things that just help you get by. That just help you get. You learn, you know, that's a really good place to sleep for tonight. You know? That's a really good plant to avoid. You know, these tracks mean this. This means that. Wow, I don't like that the wind is doing that. The birds are doing this. When you spend enough time anywhere, be it your office, in the gym, outdoors, whatever, you are going to get more familiar with the environment, and it's going to make your life easier as time goes by. That's going to come into play here. And then something else happens. The French and Indian War pops off. Now, I've done shows on that before. I will do shows on it again. It's also known as the Seven Years' War, if you're looking it up. But know this. The French and Indians were on the same side, for the most part. 
and they were fighting against the British. There's no America left. And the French and Indian War is a brutal, brutal conflict. It's the war. It's a big reason at the end of how the war ended is a big reason why we had an American Revolution at all. I'll get to that in a second. But surprise, surprise, the young man, Francis Marion, gets recruited to fight for the British. He gets recruited into the militia. Well, here's something that was going on in South Carolina at the time. You're worried about the Indians. The Indians are joining with the French. They're fighting for North America. The Indians, the Cherokee specifically, which are a really cool tribe. I would highly recommend reading up on them. But the Cherokee, they either get in a disagreement and kill a bunch of British traders, or they just flat out ambushed and murdered a bunch of British traders. But it was not a good situation. The governor... He, he immediately cuts off black powder shipments to the Cherokee. He's like, okay, if you're going to kill our people, you're not allowed to have ammo anymore. The Cherokee, they freak out. They freak out and say, whoa, 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 whoa. We have to hunt to survive. No, uh, we need you to, no, please let us have some ammo. And the governor says, okay, well, send me some, send me some moderate dudes and we'll negotiate about the ammo. The Cherokees send a, 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 a delegation of Cherokee uh, leaders to negotiate for this ammo, and the governor promptly decides, you know, I'd probably have an even better negotiating footing if I just made you guys stay here. Yeah, you're my prisoners now. He takes them all. Well, this basically kicks off a vicious portion of this war. And look, we know, I mean, if you've done any reading on it, you know guerrilla wars, and that's how the Indians fought, like guerrilla wars. Guerrilla wars are often, almost always, fought brutally. You have to do things when you're not the traditional power. When on paper it looks like you have no chance, you're going to conduct yourself in a different way. And many of the Indian tribes conducted themselves in different ways anyway. They didn't separate men, women, and children from being part of it. They just did not. Will they commit atrocities? They're scalping women, they're scalping men, and Francis Marion, he is excellent when it comes to combat. He is not a pleasant person, remember? No sense of humor whatsoever, but he's just an engagement after engagement. He's really, really good. And the British are obviously fighting back back against the Cherokee, and they're winning some, and they're losing some. The Cherokee were no joke whatsoever. But as he sits and watches, Francis Marion, he sits and watches. He's fighting with the British, but he's watching the British do things like line up in a line and shoot at the Indians, which there was a strategic purpose for that. Everyone makes those guys out to be morons for doing it. There was a smart strategic purpose for it, but he watched the Cherokee take advantage of it time and time and time again. He'd watch the Cherokee shoot and then hide or shoot and then move. Or what he watched him do a lot was shoot and run away. Now this was this was abhorrent to the British. That's not the that's not the gentlemanly way to fight. That is not honorable. Stand here like a man and and take our musket fire, and then we'll take your musket fire, old chap. To the British, it wasn't honorable. To somebody like Francis Marion, he's looking at that and thinking to himself, well. Maybe these Cherokee, maybe they're on to something. He goes back home. War ends. British win. He goes back home. 
kind of takes it easy, gets elected to Congress. And then something starts to pop off. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called the American Revolution. We're going to talk about that. I'll try to wrap up the Francis Marion story, and we will go into this Joe Biden disaster on The Jesse Kelly Show. I am free at last, free at last from allergies. It is, it's, look, if you're not one of these people who suffers from them, then you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like. You know, the worst part about allergies for me, it wasn't even, it's not the sneezing. That's not pleasant. It's my eyes. What happens is you feel tired all the time because your eyes always hurt and itch and you kind of want to get them closed and it's miserable. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm is the only air purifier I've ever had that finally helped me break free of that. You know what it's like to wake up in the morning with clear sinuses and eyes that feel actually good? I didn't know what that was like for years. I do now. Go get an Eden Pure Thunderstorm today. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code JESSE. That's J-E-S-S-E. That gets you 10 bucks off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Do not forget, you can follow me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, at Jesse Kelly DC on Instagram. At Jesse Kelly DC on, well, wait a minute. I don't think it's at Jesse Kelly DC on Facebook. Shut up, Chris. And I'm also on Locals. Locals? Locals is the one I can't be kicked off of. As you well know, I have been been suspended a few times from Facebook and Instagram and whatnot, and they're not going to let me stay. They're just not. I would guess, and this is a total guess. I don't have any inside knowledge of this. I would guess you will see huge, huge social media purges of people on the right leading up to either the midterms and or the 2024 election. Remember, these big tech companies are universally run by communists who hate your guts. After the last election or after the election Trump won, they all had a big meeting. We know about this. It was documented. They all had a big meeting and put their heads together and discussed, wow, Donald Trump was really good at using social media. He used our websites against us. How do we make sure that never happens again? So these guys are committed, right? They're all the way committed. So when those people kick me off, just know that there's this great one called Locals. I'll still be there if you have any hunger for the social media stuff. And if you miss any part of the show, remember iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. You can get it uh, podcasted after on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. Back to our story here. Francis Marion, he's done. The whole French and Indian War thing is over. Goes back home and really just tries to live a normal life. Gets elected to Congress. He's 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 one of these guys that's a born patriot. Gets elected to Congress. Life is good. And he's still making plantation money. Keep that in mind. It's going to come into play here. What's a lot of that plantation money come from? Comes from things like cotton and tobacco. Cotton and tobacco, 
that you're shipping overseas because countries like Britain, mainly Britain, are buying it up. Now the Revolutionary War pops off. What does Francis Marion do? I mean, you and I, we talk about it all the time. What, what are we willing to do? What are we willing to sacrifice? Francis Marion, he takes a piece of paper. It's his profit loss sheet. I'm making this up in my head. Well, let's see. We have this money coming in. This comes from England, and this comes from England, and this comes from England. And he sees a profit loss sheet that looks like, wow, England is the only reason I get to eat a meal every day. And you know what he does? He promptly sets it down and says, screw those people. I want to be free. We should be our own country. I want to be free. He doesn't just decide to join the revolutionary movement. Remember, that was only about a third of the population. He doesn't just decide to join that movement. He goes and says, I want a military command now. I know what I'm doing. I know how to fight. And they promptly say, yeah, nice. I'm glad. Awesome. Bring us some recruits. We're desperate. We're worried the British are coming for Charleston because Charleston Harbor is so important. We know they know that. Come help us. He gets down to Charleston Harbor and starts building a fort. He builds this fort, has about 400 men in it. And what do you know? They called it right. The British show up. And they show up with a nasty British naval force and about 2,000 dudes to go with it. And the, remember, the Colonials are not, they're not well-armed at this point. They all have rifles, and they have, they have you know, some ammo. But the British are the wealthiest country in the world. They have an endless supply. The, the revolutionary guys do not. The rebels do not. So you're sitting there, 400 men in a fort, limited ammunition, staring at a bunch of nasty British warships and 2,000 troops. What happens? Well, the British, as happened many times during the war, got way, way, way too cocky for their own good. They think, wow, these, these idiots, these rebels, these stupid little colonials, let's just, for one, let's just, let's just blow them out of there. Fire up the cannons, let's blow them out of there. Well, remember that whole thing about knowing the land, knowing the plants, knowing everything? South Carolina has palmetto trees. I don't, you don't need to know anything about palmetto trees for the day, except you need to know this. Palmetto trees are absurdly soft. It's an extraordinarily soft wood. Marion, anticipating that they would be on the receiving end of heavy cannon fire from naval units, made the fort out of palmetto trees. The British are firing exploding cannon, cannonballs at the fort. And wait, what? The, they're not exploding. Why aren't they exploding? Because the cannonballs are simply sinking into the fort instead of exploding. They're not doing the damage the British want. So the British finally freak out and they're all, okay, well, we have to do an amphibious landing. And, of course, they end up running their ships aground because there are spots in Charleston's harbor that are very shallow. Then the Americans, who were low on ammunition, took their time and sunk one of the British vessels. It ended up being this huge loss for the Brits with only 12 American dead. And the Brits have to take off. They didn't return to the South for another three years. Obviously, Francis Marion got himself a huge promotion after this. 
Which brings us to one of my favorite moments in his life. He gets promoted. The British are landing in Savannah. He goes down there, and the French were way too passive. The French were fighting on, fighting with us. They were way too passive and let the British land. And Marion just flat out chews them out for it because, again, this is an unpleasant person. They lost tons of men. There's a failed attack. Marion doesn't die, though. So this, this is the moment I was telling you about. He has to have this big meeting. And what is this meeting? It's with all the military brass in and around Charleston. And it's to discuss, okay, uh, the British are coming. There's no question they're coming. We're going to have to, how do we defend the city? What do we do here? And as happens from time to time, when men get together, they started drinking a little bit. And then they started drinking a lot. And soon everybody at this gigantic closed-doored military strategy meeting, they're all tanked. And they're laughing and joking and talking about everything else except for defeating the British. Marion doesn't drink. And Marion doesn't find this to be a humorous or laughing matter at all. He's absolutely disgusted by what he sees, decides he wants to leave. He turns and tries to leave, tries to slip out and finds the door is locked. They had locked the door. It locks from both ways so the public couldn't get in and eavesdrop. He goes upstairs and jumps out the second floor window and shatters his ankle, maybe winning us the war. Why? Because he then had to go home to recover from his shattered ankle. In the meantime, that useless American army, or I should say the useless leadership, surrendered to the British at Charleston. He would have been part of it, and he would have been gone. Now, Francis Marion is furious. He recruits 70 of his guys, 70 of these outdoorsmen, 70 country dudes who know those plants and know those trees and know the fish and know the animals and know how to survive. And you know what he does? He takes his 70 men now that he's mostly recovered this short, ugly, mean patriot by the name of Francis Marion, and he takes off for General Horatio Gates. He's going to go offer him his services. He rides up to General Gates and says, Hey, I'm here. Let's kill some British people. These 70 dudes are with me. Gates looks at this ragtag group of country bumpkins and he's absolutely repulsed. Where does he send them? He sends them to, quote, scout the interior of South Carolina. Well, scout they did. We will finish up the story of Francis Marion next, and then we'll get to all this Biden stuff on the Jesse Kelly Show. Hang on. You know that the gear you carry matters, right? And I talk to you a lot when I talk about Northwest Retention Systems. I talk to you about how important it is to have custom-made gear. But it's more than just that. I I want to explain that Northwest Retention Systems is more than just that. They have some of the coolest stuff I've ever seen. What if you're a big Trump fan? 
Yeah, you should go check out Northwest Retention Systems. Go look at their Instagram page. They have their Scout chest holster. They have a Donald Trump one. They have a 1776 holster. They have a holster, this is my personal one, that has the join or die flag on it. You can have custom-made high-end gear that looks stinking cool, too. That's Northwest Retention Systems. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10% off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Do not forget, we are two days away from Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions in now. They don't get thrown away. All your emails, your love, your hate, your death threats, all of them. Your Ask Dr. Jesse questions, they all go right to Jewish producer Chris. He sets aside the Ask Dr. Jesse ones for me and gives them to me, and he gives me every other email as well. If you email me, I will read it. I am not going to respond to you. I get too many, but you email it, I'm going to read it. They're all printed out for me. Thank you, Chris. At least you actually contribute one thing at least to the show. Back to our story as we wrap up our story about the Swamp Fox Francis Marion. He takes his group of 70 country boys, rides up to General Horatio Gates, tells him I'm ready to kill some Brits. Gates Gates looks down his nose at these guys and sends them to scout the interior in South Carolina. And then Gates promptly gets his butt whipped by a British army. Well, that group of Marians that was sent off to scout South Carolina critically important South Carolina. They're now all South Carolina has left. And I do want to clarify something overall about the Revolutionary War you should, you should know. The Brits made a humongous tactical error early on, thinking the South would be the place there'd be the most loyalists. Uh, that did not work out. <laughs> that worked out anyway. So Marion starts aggressively recruiting And simply says to himself, well, we're not going to fight these guys normally. It's time for guerrilla tactics. He and his men start ambushing the British. He and his men start shooting a bunch of British and then taking off and running away. He, the men who grew up there, they were at home being miserable in the South Carolina swamps. And the British simply were not. They even had a swamp fort on a place called Snow Island. And it was I, I, it was the most ragtag thing you've ever heard of in your life. They were quite happy in there. The British simply could not get their hands on them. They get so frustrated about this guy who is hitting and running and he's not staying and fighting and he's ambushing. They're so frustrated they finally start recruiting loyalists. You know, people who live in South Carolina to go fight him. They can't find him either. And then, and then the Swamp Fox goes and loots the homes of all the loyalists who were fighting for the British. Did not allow his men, by the way, to loot or pillage a single home of anyone who wasn't a loyalist. So credit to him for that. Now the British, now they bring in another special military unit. They have to. 
because uh, Marion is simply, he's not starving like they thought he was. He was pillaging supplies. His guys were living off the land. He just, he, he was not going away. Remember, he did this Swamp Fox thing for two and a half years. It wasn't, you know, a couple weeks in the swamp. Two and a half years they did this. They lived like this. I mean, the guy, the guy is a big reason why you breathe free air today. Well, the British, they can't take this anymore. They, they have to get South Carolina pacified by their mind. I mean, in their minds, it should have been pacified a long time ago. So they bring in a man by the name of Tarleton. If you've ever seen the movie The Patriot, the bad guy in the movie, the guy who loots homes, kills women and kids, does that kind of stuff, that guy was based off of a real person, and that person's name was Tarleton. He was known as the Butcher. I should note, when the British finally surrendered in the end, as was custom, George Washington invited all the British officers to dine with him that night after the British had surrendered. You know, the whole exchange swords, come on, let's sit down, have a, have a steak, have a glass of wine, let's dine with each other. George Washington said, Tarleton is not welcome. Tarleton does not. They, he, was, he was that kind of guy, created that kind of hatred. Brutal, but effective. He finally, he has a thousand men. And by this point, the Swamp Fox has about half that. He finally locates him and chases him. Well, the Swamp Fox won't, won't fight. He just keeps running back into the swamp and back into the swamp and back into the swamp. And Tarleton, in the meantime, he's got this huge British force. They're miserable. They're getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. They're running out of supplies. He chases, he chases the swamp fox for two days and finally gets to a, another river crossing. And the swamp fox was simply gone. He had disappeared. And that was when the Swamp Fox got the name, the Swamp Fox. I'll skip most of the cuss words. Just know Tarleton in that moment when he decided decided to turn around said Francis Marion is a fox. He is a hero and you should honor the man. Once the war ends, which we win, he did leave. He finally did get married, although <clears throat> to his cousin, well, we don't have to talk. We don't have to dwell on it, Chris. And then eventually dies in his early 60s. Not exactly a late death for back then. What do you take from all this? We're, we're going to go over really quickly what you take from all this in a second. Just know we have a jam-packed final two hours. Great guests. I'm going to finally dig into this Joe Biden mess. Oh, gosh. Hang on. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. 
talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. The Swamp Fox. We just went over his story. Do you know that for a long time during that war when he was terrorizing the British, he was doing things that were long thought to be dishonorable? Why won't you stand and fight? Why won't you do this? Why won't you stand in line? Why are you hiding? Why are you running? Why this is not honorable. It's not honorable. It's not right. Whoa. You notice you don't hear that much anymore? Do you know why you don't hear that much anymore? Because he won. You and I going forward. We must ignore what the left says is honorable and right and what is fair, and we must win. We must win. All right, it's time. I'll give you my thoughts on this Biden mess. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, yes. The Swamp Fox, baby. What a great name. No, I know what you're thinking. Jesse, you should get that nickname for yourself. I'm not going to give myself a nickname. (laughs) How juvenile is that? Don't forget we have Dave Reboy coming up in about 25 minutes from now. I haven't gone into the Israel-Hamas stuff too much. Dave Reboy is way boned up on that stuff. So if you're looking for an update on the history of that conflict and whatnot, we will go into that in a second. But I do have to address this Joe Biden thing. I'm hearing from so many people. I have 90 emails in front of me from so many people. Where's Joe Biden? Why haven't we heard from Joe Biden? There are rockets going off everywhere and the gas shortage and there's no Joe Biden. You have to accept something. Joe Biden very likely has dementia. I'm not a doctor. I haven't diagnosed him. 
I am actually as much fun as I have making fun of Joe Biden. I'm not making fun of him about this. I will not do that. Dementia, Alzheimer's, that stuff. That stuff is not fun. It's not funny. I have seen people go through this and to have your loved one cease existing is the best way I can describe it is absolutely terrible. I've just seen it rip people apart. So I'm not making fun of him for that. I am telling you this. I have talked to enough experts on the subject and I've seen it personally. People who have dementia have their best moments early in the day. As the day goes on, they go downhill rapidly. And once the sun goes down, they essentially disappear. It's actually called sundowning. They have a name for it. That is why 99.99% of Joe Biden's appearances are in the morning. You'll pay attention to it from now on, now that I've brought it up. Pay attention to when he's speaking, when he gives these live speeches. They're almost all in the morning, doing a television interview in the morning, in the morning, in the morning. Why? Because Joe Biden, I believe, then takes a nosedive physically and mentally and cannot function as an adult, let alone as president of the United States of America. That's what you're seeing. That's why with a pipeline down and 70% of gas stations out of gas in certain parts of North Carolina and, and inflation through the roof and the border overrun, that's why Joe Biden was sound asleep. They say Joe Biden was sound asleep at 7, 8 o'clock last night. And that, that brings me to my bigger point, and this is going to hurt. We deserve Joe Biden. We deserve Joe Biden. Maybe not you personally. Probably not. Maybe not me. Jewish producer Chris definitely does. But we deserve Joe Biden. And here's what I mean by that. You can call it the nation becoming feminized. That's probably fair. You can call it the nation becoming fat and bored and sloppy. That's probably fair. Whatever you want to call it, the truth is this. Americans now, the majority of us, again, I'm not pointing a finger directly at you. The majority of us now, we don't want the truth and we don't want effective. What we want is nice. I don't want somebody running for office who will will tell me these are the problems and this is what we're going to have to do. We have to tackle this and we have to go after this. Uh, I want somebody running for office to to powder my butt for me and tell me everything will be fine. And Billy, you're so so handsome. You can be anything you want to be. That's how you end up with a man with dementia as the most powerful man on the planet. I've used this example before and it's 100% applicable. Let's say I put on 30 pounds, 40, 50 pounds, and just got fat. And I went to go visit my parents. And I walked in the door. And this is actually probably not totally off from what would happen. My mother would run up to me and hug me and kiss me on the cheek and say, Man, you look so good. You've never been more handsome. And I would see my father and he would say, 
What in the world happened to you? Get your fat butt in the gym and work out. You look like crap. Now, which one of those would I want to hear? And which one of those would actually help me? Those are two very, very, very different things. Which parents in that situation actually loved me more and loved me the right way, by the way? America just had that situation. They got fat. They got home. And mommy told them they've never been more handsome. And daddy told them they're too fat and they look disgusting. And America said, oh, I like mom better. And that's how you end up with a man who doesn't have a functioning brain leading the free world. And look, it, to, to put a, a, a more macro level view on this whole thing, what you're seeing right now, Hamas going crazy, China getting super aggressive all of a sudden, Russia, Russian hackers hacking our fuel system, what you're seeing right now is the result of something that you don't like to think about, but it's true. These evil men who run other evil places like China and Russia, they're just people too. You know how they get a lot of their information? The same way you get your information. They turn on the television. And when the president of the United States of America can't complete a sentence and sits there with his mouth hanging open, looking like tales from the crypt, it matters. You know what they see? You see a president who you can make fun of, and so do I. Ha, 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 Joe Biden sucks. You know what they see? Weakness. And when the American president is a doddering old fool who has a brain made of cottage cheese, the evil men of this world know this is my time. This is my time. If there's ever going to be, if you're China and you have imperial dreams of world conquest, then we know they have those imperial dreams, I should say. They, they're very open about it. It's not, it's, not, it's not some weird conspiracy theory we came up with in the back room. But if you're China and you have a dream to conquer the world, to become number one in the world, to bring America down, do you think you should move now? Or do you think you should wait until 2024 when Trump or Heavy D might be back in the White House? Oh, you think it's gotten aggressive already? We're in like the first 100 days, 120 days of the Joe Biden presidency. It's going to be four years of this. It's going to be four years of this. And that is why I say we deserve it. Because that's what we wanted. You've heard Selena Zito. You've heard Selena Zito come on this show. And what does she say? Remember, Selena Zito, she doesn't, she's not a far right wing, not far left wing. She travels the country roads and talks to Rust Belt swing voters all day long. That's who Selena Zito talks to. Not people like you and I, not activists, not people who are obsessed with it and know what they believe and into it. She talks to people who are just, ah, okay, I guess I'll go vote. And remember what she said? Remember what she said about why Trump lost? Because older people didn't like Donald Trump's comportment when it came to coronavirus. Ah, uh, ah, uh, Herb, I just really, I, I Donald Trump, he's, he says some mean stuff. Let's vote for Joe Biden. 
Okay. You get what you get. Don't throw a fit. And I'm going to give you my thoughts on Israel and Hamas before Dave Reboy. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three Jesse at jessekellyshow We have our national security expert Dave Reboy coming on in about eleven minutes. Let's talk about Israel and Hamas, and let's let me wrap up this Biden thing really quickly. That's what happens to nations when they get bored and fat and rich and unambitious. You just want someone to tell you everything's okay. Look. I'm not going to belabor the point because we have so much we have to get to today. But what happened during coronavirus in the beginning, it was the most revealing moment of my entire life. We got word that there was this new disease that had hit our shores. And, of course, everybody was spreading panic about it. And everyone's going to die. Millions will die. And the government... The federal government, too. Don't, don't, don't give the federal government a pass for this. The federal government, state governments, local governments ran to the microphone and said, go home, hide. And America did it. Without a second thought, America did it. That never happens if it's the year 1950, 1980. That doesn't happen. 2020, go home, hide. Okay, Mr. Government, will you tell me, will you tell me when I can come out so it'll be safe? I don't want to die. Nobody should ever die. Remember, we used to hear this all the time at the beginning of coronavirus. Oh, sure, this is, this is painful for the economy, but if it saves one life, what kind of a standard is that? And now you're hearing there's a new report out today about a huge inflation spike. Huge inflation spike. Well, what did you think was going to happen? 
You took the golden goose, the American economy, you wrapped your hands around its throat, and you squeezed until its eyeballs popped out and it died, and now you're looking around after you printed trillions with no more money coming in because you slaughtered the economy, and now you're looking around and going, whoa, inflation? How did that happen? Gee, I wonder. You slaughtered government revenues at the same time you were spending more than ever before. I'm stunned we have some inflation. Oh, and there's going to be more. All right, let's pause because I'll come back to that in a little bit here. Remember this. We did a show on this a little while ago uh, on the Jewish diaspora, the, the scattering of the Jews to the winds. Chris, do me a favor if you wouldn't mind. Find the date of that show so people can go back and listen to it. It was a Jewish rebellion. Just a quick history on the Israel thing for you. The Romans eventually took over Israel, colonized Israel, for lack of a better way to put it. I, I gave a whole history story on this a while back. We're going to get you the date. And the Jews were notoriously very, very, very difficult to govern for the Romans. They weren't like a lot of the other people the Romans had. The Jews were constantly rebelling. And I don't mean a hundred guys get mad and won't leave the, the street corner. I'm talking about raising armies and fighting the Romans and defeating Roman armies. It, it was a big, big, big problem for the Romans. So here's the deal. The Romans had enough of it finally. The Romans had enough of it. What did the Romans do? They took the Jews. By the way, the show, if you want the whole history behind this, is on the 9th, April 9th. April 9th, that is the show. But the Romans have finally had enough. There have been several of these huge Jewish rebellions. We cannot get a hold of these freaking people. So what do they do? They banish the Jews from their homeland. They scatter them to the winds. That's why the Jews went all over the world, because they were not allowed back, back there. You can be anywhere else. You just can't be here. They scattered them to the winds. And then the Romans, who did spite like nobody else did spite, the Romans then renamed the area after the historical enemy of the Jews. That's how it got the name Palestine. Now, I, I did another show on when the Jews moved back in, and I did that more recently. So that would, would have been in April as well, I believe about the, the, the Balfour Declaration and World War I and, and how there was encouragement because of World War I and before, but definitely because of World War I for the Jews to move back in. And what did they do? The Jews moved in, and they did so very, very smartly, and they did so in mass. The Jews made sure they had friends in high places in the powerful governments around the world. When they moved in, they bought up property and occupied the land. A mistake people have made when it comes to conquest historically is you think conquest is only military. It is not. Military, once you get that win, you must then occupy it or someone else will. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. The Jews did it smartly. Oh, it's ours now. That's how they took it back. Don't get mad at the Jews in Israel for doing it better and smarter than the people in Palestine did it. That's not a Jewish or Palestinian stance. That's the history of the world. 
That is the history of the world. Part of the reason the Brits, maybe the greatest colonizers ever, part of the reason they were so great at it is the Brits understood that really, really well. It's not enough to fight a military battle and a naval blockade and win this place. We now must occupy it. Uh, hey, any, anyone want to go to this place we call America? Hop on a boat. Let's go. We, we need you over there. Come on. Come on. We're going to start some shops and start some schools and start some trading because once we occupy it, then it's truly ours. You must occupy it. And if you want to take a lesson from it, look at France right now. Have you seen what's happening in France right now? There are legitimate talks, like real talks, about a potential military coup in France right now. It's that big of a deal. Why? Well, France didn't mind the imports. And what you had was a humongous influx of Muslims into France. This is not an anti-Muslim stance either. You just had a massive influx of Muslims into France. and you, You imported so many you completely changed French culture. And now, now you have a problem on your hands because now you've been occupied. You've been occupied with a culture that is different than your traditional French culture, and you're having people fight back against it. And the occupiers aren't going to pack up and leave either. They're looking around saying, well, why would I leave? We're half the country now. And now, now you've got a real problem on your hands. Mind the imports. Watch what you import into this nation. You can criticize countries like Japan for a lot of reasons, and that's fine. You know I'm a fan. That's fine. They, they probably deserve any criticism you, you level their way. That's totally fine. But one thing Japan has always understood is this. We are Japanese. We have a Japanese culture. We are not taking any chances, and I mean none, importing other cultures that will eventually supersede our culture. So they just don't import many people. They don't import many people. The United States of America, we allowed them to convince us that we don't really have a culture. And America's a melting pot. We'll just do whatever. Let's let, let's let them in for whatever. Oh, Somalia? Oh, absolutely. Bring them over here by the thousand. How's that working out for Minneapolis? You ever talk to anybody in Minneapolis? You realize you do realize that Minneapolis, uh, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it's been a while since I've been there, one of the great American cities. Beautiful, cool city. Complete gutter trash now. There are Fortune 500 companies fleeing the city. Mind your imports, folks. We're going to talk to Dave Reboy about Hamas in Israel and what's going on over there. Hang on. Oh, I'm free from allergies. It's so good to be free from allergies. Maybe you can't relate. Maybe you're not the type of person who has itchy eyes. I used to wake up with itchy eyes. That is the worst feeling in the world when you wake up in the morning and you should feel refreshed, right? Seven, eight hours of sleep. You wake up and your eyes immediately slam back shut. I don't deal with that anymore because I have the greatest air purifier ever. I've had many, many of them. I've never had anything like the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. On top of the allergy relief, this thing kills viruses and bacteria. 
This thing stops the spread of mold and mildew. It doesn't cover up odors. It removes them from the air. You will be able to, at least I could taste how clean my air is. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code JESSE at checkout for 10 bucks off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Don't forget you can find me on social media at jessekellydc on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. I'm also on Locals. That's the one I can't possibly be kicked off of, so you can follow me on Locals. Now, The Israel-Hamas-Palestine thing, I just gave you just a very, very brief ancient Roman history part of that. But it is a complicated affair. And a guy who knows more about that stuff than anybody else I know, obviously our buddy here on the show, Dave Reboy, national security expert, joins us now. Dave, for people who don't understand it, all they do is they turn on the TV and they see rockets and stuff and people waving flags and screaming Break it down in the Dave Reboy way what's happening. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, so the, um, I mean, really what's happening is this is a conflict between Hamas and Israel. Uh, the, um, over the, over the, the four years of the Trump administration, the, uh, the Palestinians and sort of by extension, their sponsors in, um, in Iran and, and Turkey um, and, and Qatar uh, realized that uh, Trump would be with Israel, you know, 100%, and would would give them, you know, a, a lot of leeway to do what they needed to do to defend themselves. So they knew, you know, what it's not even worth getting into a conflict because we're just going to get our clocks cleaned and we're going to lose everything. Um, now with the Biden administration, we are returning to the uh, the kind of Obama era model where the Palestinians can provoke. And Israel will respond, and then, you know, then they'll sue for uh, a ceasefire, and they'll sue for concessions, and and you know, little by little, um, the the international community and, uh, and and the White House will sort of chip away at the legitimacy of of, of Israel's ability to defend itself, and um, and that's what we're seeing. You know, as soon as uh, as Biden comes into office, you know, shortly after, uh, you know, a hundred days or or a little more. Um, this is kicking off, and um, and uh, I don't know. It's really transparent. I mean, this is like the most transparent thing I've ever seen. Everyone should be able to look at this scenario and realize what what happened, um, or realize what is happening, um, uh, and and uh, and and why. Dave, explain to me this: if they're if that's their plan, kill a bunch of Jews. I understand you're going to take some shots and then hope to get more concessions. It doesn't seem like that plan has been working out for them well in recent years, but that's from my point of view. Has it been working out? It doesn't look like it's worked out for them at all. No, look, I mean, it hasn't worked out for them since before 1947 um, when they've rejected every single peace plan that's been, that's been put on the table. Um, you know, with the, with the exception of Oslo um, in 93, um, you know, but, uh, but, 
they, you know, even with Oslo, they grew, um, they grew impatient and they launched the second intifada after that, which completely undermined, um, <laughs> undermined the, uh, the, the appetite for more land for peace, uh, uh, concessions from, you know, within the Israeli public. So, um, so yeah, I mean, they haven't been playing, they haven't been doing things the way normal people would do things, but, you know, this is the Middle East. These, this, you know, this, these are the Palestinians. I mean, there are a couple of notable things, um, already that we've seen. Um, number one is we have seen no, remember the old days where you would see like the Arab street inflamed and you would see protests all throughout the, the, uh, the, the Muslim world you know, anti-Israel and death to Israel and all this stuff, if, if even the slightest little thing happens. Um, you're not seeing that today. Um, you, the, most of the, pro, the anti-Israel uh, energy is actually in the West. And there's a, there's a simple reason for that, which is that that portfolio, you know, riling up the, 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 the Arab street against Israel, was always given to the Muslim, bro- the Muslim Brotherhood. And now the Muslim Brotherhood is a lot more powerful in the West than it is in the Middle East, where they've been chased out. Why? How did that um, happen? How did they gain such a foothold here, the Muslim Brotherhood? Because I saw these marches yesterday, all these horrible pro-Palestinian marches. How did that happen? uh, Well, it happened uh, (laughs) happened when they were kicked out of Egypt the first time um, in, uh, in, in the 1950s. And then, and, and, and the sixties, and then they had to sort of, uh, you know, they, they settled in Europe and they settled in the United States. And, you know, guess what? You know, the sad story is our, our, uh, our state department during the cold war used the Muslim brotherhood, just like it used, um, you know, Al Qaeda, uh, in, um, in Afghanistan, um, uh, against the Soviets. At least that was the plan. It didn't work out that well. The U S even funded, um, the, the largest brotherhood mosque, the largest brotherhood operation in, um, in, in, uh, in, in Europe, in Munich. Um, but uh, they've been here for a really long time. I mean, the president of the Muslim Brotherhood president of Egypt, Mohammed Morsi, um, spent most of his life in the United States. So, you know, this has been a hospitable place for, for them for a really long time. And it was only recently, the last five years or so, maybe a little more, that uh, following the Arab Spring, they really got kicked out of all of these countries, you know, Egypt and Saudi Arabia and, and the UAE. I mean, heck, the UAE in 2013 even put, even designated CARE, you know, the, the American um, Brotherhood Group CARE, as a terrorist organization. So these, uh, the, 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 um, you know, our, our, our allies in the Middle East have been really good about the Brotherhood for, uh, for quite a while now. Um, we're just not as good for for a number of reasons, but um, why are why are. what are the reasons? Why aren't we as good? What's wrong with us? <laughs> What's wrong with us? Um, because the, the the Brotherhood has been able to use the kind of rhetoric of human rights uh, against us, and rather than brand themselves as the Muslim Brotherhood in the United States, they branded themselves as um, you know as whatever, the organization representing or organizations representing um, the, the voice of the Muslim community. So basically they, they went and they claimed the, the Muslim community as their own, and, um, and that's, just, that's just what they did. So, so they, they built organizations, and um, the only organizations or the largest 
organizations in uh, in the U.S. and throughout Europe that are kind of quote unquote Muslim um, are all brotherhood controlled. So they have a they have a tight grip on let's say organized institutional Muslim life in um, in, uh, in in the West, even as they don't represent the voices of you know most Muslims. They control the organizations and they control a lot of the mosques and you know things like that. So, Dave, um, let me ask you. You know what? I'm coming up against a break. Is there any way you could stay for maybe one more segment if you yeah, wouldn't mind today? Because yeah, I yeah. want to ask you a couple of things. I want to ask you one, and they're going to be two huge things. One, when we get back, I'm going to ask Dave Reboy. Did freedom fail us? Because these groups, I mean, the Soviets did this all the time, too. They used our freedom to infiltrate us. That's one. And two, is Hamas Palestine? Is Palestine Hamas? What is what is that situation? We'll be right back with more Dave Reboy explaining that. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. It's hard to quit dipping. It is hard. I know it's hard. I've been there. I'm not judging you. I'm not looking down on you. Years and years and years and years, I walked around with a dip in my lip. And for me, what I really needed was something to transition me off of it. I didn't need a nicotine patch. I tried that. I didn't need gum. I couldn't do it cold turkey. You know, just, I'm not buying it anymore. I tried several times. That didn't work either. What does work is Jake's Mint Chew because it allows you to keep dipping. Only you're dipping no tobacco, no nicotine, even no sugar. You're dipping something that's not bad for you. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout. That gets you 20% off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We have national security expert Dave Reboy on doing a rare double segment for us. Dave, you mentioned the Muslim Brotherhood finding a, a, comf- a soft place to land here in America. Well, I remember all the stories about the Soviets using our freedoms against us, too. What is it about our system? What is the fix that we can stay free and avoid hostile groups from invading our country? Ah. Uh. <laughs> You want the real answer? Yes. Well, the the real answer is you can't. The real answer is yeah. that um, is that this thing, um, you know, which we call America, is is like every other thing that is made by humans. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And um, you know, and and things fall apart, and there's such a thing called entropy. And uh, and and I don't think it's possible to you know, stick your finger in the dike and or hold back the tide or, or whatever um kind of analogy you want to use to um to to make sure that, you know, your society is hermetically sealed from some of these negative influences. Um what you can do, of course, is you can uh really prioritize public education and to get people to understand and and to love the 
philosophical foundations of the regime. And so they will be able to recognize that something, um, you know, something alien that uh, is, is determined to, you know, destroy the foundations of the regime um, is, is rejected by the people. Um, unfortunately, you can't really do that. You know, we've been unsuccessful in doing that over the last, um, uh, you know, good century or so. Um, so, I mean, there's not really much we can do at this point, too. I mean, we see this with the uh, with the insane Democrat um, kind of totalitarian impulse when they're talking about disinformation. And we need to clamp down on, on, on the distribution of disinformation on social media platforms and, and, and elsewhere, you know, which is sort of obviously a call for censorship. And because disinformation is really in the eye of the beholder. Um, but kind of prior to that. Our, our free speech ethos and free expression ethos um, meant that, um, uh, you know, meant that um, this stuff was, was kind of permissible. And, um, and you know, we, we kind of let a thousand flowers bloom when it comes to, uh, when it comes to you know, political speech in, in the United States, even if it's, you know, horrible political speech. So... Um, so yeah, so it's you know the the answer is <laughs> the answer is you know sadly there's no way to stop it and especially at this point I mean we're at such a we're at such a, a an advanced stage in this game I know that you know we you and I talk about this all the time um, that uh, that it's hard to do the things that will sort of keep us alive and keep us as a coherent country. Are we gone? Are we? Are we? I, I understand we're a late stage empire. That's not exactly news to anybody. Is the, is it possible to right the ship, or we are heading for a breakup, and that's inevitable? I think we are. I think I think the latter is true. Um, I think that uh, that there's definitely uh, a lot of cause for optimism, so long as you reset your expectations. and you say, well, it's not going to go back to the way it was. I know this is very hard for some of us Gen X. Uh, Gen Xers and, and, and some of the boomers out there who sort of grew up in an America that was totally different and accepting that things have changed fundamentally is, is, and that we can't return to that place is really, really hard. But kind of once we make that mental switch in our minds and once we say, okay, um, uh, we, need, we need kind of new, new solutions for this because obviously we're still going to be here. And um, and there still will be, um, you know, we'll still have our families, we'll still have our businesses, we'll still need to eat, and uh, and and make money, and um, and you know have our lives in in all kinds of other ways. So we're going to have to look for scenarios where we can do that with the you know with sort of the least amount of intrusion um, by a state that despises us. Dave, is Hamas Palestine? Are they one and the same? Explain that really quickly for us in a minute or so. Yeah, Hamas is the most popular political movement in what could be called Palestine, um, because Palestine in in this case is really split into two geographical entities. So on the Gaza side, Israel pulled out of Gaza um, uh, under Sharon. Um, I guess still within, um, you know, still during the, uh, the the Bush administration. I'm 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 blanking on on what year, 
And they said, okay, you know, you guys elect your leadership and, you know, you're good to go. We're not going to interfere with, uh, with Gaza anymore. And immediately they elected Hamas, which is a terrorist group uh, formed of the Muslim Brotherhood, by the Muslim Brotherhood, in, uh, in 1987. And, um, you know, they're an Islamist movement. And so Hamas has been running the, um, uh, the, the territory in Gaza, you know, since then. Um, in the West Bank, uh, the West Bank is run by Fatah, uh, which is uh, the Palestinian Authority, and um, uh, and it's sort of a competitor. It is a kleptocratic competitor to Hamas. Um, though even in the West Bank, Hamas is very popular, um, and frankly, Hamas would have won any election uh, over the past you know 10, 15 years or so uh, had there been one, but. The Palestinian Authority refuses to hold elections. So now, you know, Mohammed Abbas is uh, is now like what is what is he like almost twenty years into his four year term because they just refuse to hold elections because Hamas will win. And and um, so on one hand, you've got just an absolutely corrupt gangster uh, organization that is sort of um, uh, mildly terrorist which is uh, the Palestinian Authority. And their competitor is, you know, Hamas, which is a full-blown terrorist organization. So these are the, these are the two political options that you have uh, within the Palestinian territory today, uh, both in Gaza and in the West Bank. So if, so if you're thinking like, if you're thinking that's, like, hey, you know, we're going to empower the moderates, <laughs> that's just not going to happen. That's terrible. Dave Reboy, you are the best, man. Thank you so much for keeping us informed, my brother. Thank you. Great to be with you. All right. We actually do have a bunch of stories and your emails. Hang on. Northwest Retention Systems. The gear you carry, you know, because you need to be carrying a weapon. You need to go learn to use a weapon safely. Then you need to make sure you use it proficiently. But as you carry your weapon, It is so important that you hear me out here. Don't spend all your money on buying this fancy weapon and the best ammo and then just grab some holster off the shelf in a big box hunting store. Go get an American-made custom holster from Northwest Retention Systems. And it's not like they're just selling quality, although the quality is the best I've ever seen. They have really cool stuff, too. They even have a Trump holster. They have a 1776 holster. They have awesome gear there. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the code JESSE for 10% off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Liz Cheney, boom. She had the, uh, the boom lowered on her. She has been kicked out of her leadership position in the House GOP. I do not expect you to really care about this. This is a 30-second story. 
But I'm going to play you a little Liz Cheney audio when we come back, and then we're going to move off of that. I'm going to use her to hand out some advice to you as an employee, not a politician, not a radio host, not anything, as an employee, which you are. I'm going to give you a few very specific things you need to do to make sure you're a good one. You ready? It's coming up next. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Uh, I uh, will do uh, everything I can to ensure. Uh, that uh, the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Okay, Liz Cheney, she got bounced from her leadership position, and then you just heard her there, I'm going to do everything I can to avoid, blah, 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 blah. I don't expect you to really care about Liz Cheney. She's just yet another... Never Trump person who's getting bounced from office. She got bounced not because of Trump. She didn't get bounced because of January 6th. She didn't get bounced because of the media. She didn't get bounced because of me. She got bounced because she violated one of the main rules people violate all the time all the time she didn't shut up it's not because she's anti-trump it's not because of anything it's because she couldn't shut her freaking mouth shut your mouth it sounds harsh but again i'm not your mommy i'm your daddy you almost the the times in your life You're going to get yourself in trouble by not speaking? There's like two of those in your entire life. For the most part, shut up. Don't talk. You don't have to talk. You can be Liz Cheney, Republican from Wyoming, and you can hate Donald Trump's guts with the fire of a thousand suns. You can think Donald Trump is the Antichrist, and none of that matters If you just shut up, shut up. But this is what happens to so many people, whether they be politicians, celebrities, anybody in the public eye. Here's here's what happens. I see it in my industry all the time. Radio guys, TV guys all the time. You 
because you've achieved some level of fame. You know, I'm very famous and important, Chris. What, Chris? Uh, anyway, because you've achieved some level of fame, you get fans. You get people who tell you all the time how great you are, how smart you are. And look, that's fine. That's fine. Look, if you would like to tell me how great and smart I am, Jesse at Jesse Kelly Show. What, Chris? Jesse at jessekellyshow.com is the email address. I'm just giving out the email address if they want to say something. What? But in all seriousness, you go places. People want to take a picture with you. You're Liz Cheney. You're getting taken out to fancy steak dinners. You're, what you eventually do is your mind, because of how people talk to you and treat you, your mind plays a trick on you, and it makes you think you're way more important and influential than you actually are. Liz Cheney doesn't control anything. Liz Cheney doesn't influence anything, absolutely nothing. Liz Cheney was simply somebody carried by the waves into office, And the waves can sweep her right back out again like that. But you get, you achieve any level of fame. Sports stars, like I said, movie stars, people in my business. You achieve any level of fame. And you immediately start to think to yourself, I am leading the charge. Look at at these troops behind me. They will go wherever I tell them to go because I am their commander. They'll die for me. Yeah, no. That's not how that works at all. That's not how that works at all. But I told you I was going to give you some employee rules. Let me give you three major, major employee rules. Because you're undoubtedly an employee of some kind. I am too. Here's your employee rules. Rule number one. And I do mean rule number one. In fact, this could be the entire list. Rule number one. Make your boss's life easier. Make your boss's life easier. Whoever is in charge of you, whoever that is, it is not his job to make your life easier. It's not his job to take care of you, at least not in your mind. In your mind, you need to make sure you wake up every day and think to yourself, am I an asset to him? Do I make his day easier or do I make it harder? Which means when he tells you, hey, I need you to go ahead and prepare me a report on on this part of the industry. Here's what you're not going to do. You're not going to return to him five minutes later and explain why some part of that task is difficult and find a way he can help you with it. You don't see his face again until the task is complete. Go figure out how to do it and bring it back to him. That's rule number one. Rule number two for employees, for you, me, for everybody. Make sure your talent outweighs your baggage. And this also goes into rule number one. What do I mean by that? Well, look, I've seen this because I've worked in a million different industries. Construction is a great example. The guy who's the best pipe layer, because we did underground construction, water and sewer line. And there is a science to laying pipe, and you have to get it on. You have to make sure there aren't leaks, and you have to make sure you do this right and that right. The guy who's an expert at it, been doing it 20, 30 years, the salty veteran with a Marlboro Red hanging out of his mouth at all times, who nails it every time, no leaks, perfect grade, everything works well. 
that guy's allowed to have a DUI on Thursday night and not show up to work on Friday. In fact, that guy will probably get bailed out by the boss, bailed out of jail so he can get back in time. If you're the the new guy or you're the turd with 10 screw-ups, you better be there on time every time. I've seen it in RV sales. Anyone has seen it in sales in their office. I'm not telling you the way the world should work. I'm telling you the way the world does work. You're the guy who's crushing it in sales, number one sales every month. You're allowed to show up now and then late. You're allowed to miss a meeting. Hey, uh, Jesse, is that alcohol on your breath? You're allowed to be more of a screw-up because you're number one in sales. You know, the guy who better show up on time every time and make sure the coffee pot is full? The guy who's number six in the office in sales. You better show up with your with yourself looking presentable on time every time or you're gone. Make sure your talent outweighs your baggage. And lastly, I'll, I'll leave you with this one for today as far as employee rules, even though I have more. Shut up. Your mouth can get you in so much trouble at the office. It can get you in so much trouble. I've told you this before, but you know, let's go back to the RV sales thing, which I did for a long time. You have any idea how many times I watched one of my guys, because I was eventually the sales manager, I watched one of my guys talk themselves out of a sale? Your whole, your whole idea when you're selling is get them to say yes, get them to commit. You, you finally find them an RV they like, you love it, you, you work with them on price, and you figure everything out, and then the customer says, oh, all right, let's do it. You don't say a freaking word after that. You get up and go print the paperwork and bring it back to them with a Coke and a smile. You know how many times I've seen the customer say, yes, let's do it, and, I, and then I watch the salesman say, now, are you sure you like the carpeting in that one? Maybe I should actually show you one more to see if you like it better. And I'm just sitting there beating my head against the wall. And then the customer starts to think and question themselves. And maybe I should look at another one. You know, I can't decide if I like that one better. You know what? I'm glad you showed us that extra one, Bob. Thank you for that. What we're going to do is we're going to go home tonight and sleep on it. And then we'll come back tomorrow. Don't worry. We're going to come back tomorrow. We'll only buy from you, Bob. And you never see that person again. Shut your mouth. All right, let's talk about this ransomware attack that shut down a pipeline. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. You know, I have three Eden Pure Thunderstorms. I have three of them. That may sound over the top, but allow me to explain. First, I got my first one. I only started out getting one. Well, I I have to have one in my room. Otherwise, my allergies get too bad. So I take it right to my bedroom. And because, as you well know, I have two rotten sons, they walked into my room the first day I had it. It had been on for a couple hours. And 
The air smells so clean. It doesn't cover up odors. This thing takes them out of the air. People write me all the time, it takes their pet odor. It takes cigarette odor out of the air. It, it just removes the odors from the air. My sons walk in and they steal mine <laughs> and take it up to their smelly room. So I went out and bought two more. When I tell you this thing is awesome, believe me, I put my money where my mouth is. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10 bucks off. Jesse Kelly show. Do not forget if you miss any part of our show, you can catch the entire thing. Uh, it's all podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. Now let's address this pipeline thing before I get to your emails. A ransomware gang threatens to release Washington, D.C. police records. Yes, that's the same gang that shut down the pipeline. They're now threatening people to release more things if they don't get their ransom. Here is a fact. Powerful, successful nations do not negotiate with things like that. People have attacked our infrastructure. I realize this is going to be offensive, and I realize this is going to sound harsh, I'm not saying this because I'm some bloodthirsty monster. I'm saying this because you and I love history and we understand how the world works. If you're a ransomware gang and you're thinking about shutting down an oil pipeline in the United States of America, your first thought should be, they'll kill me if I do. That should be your first thought. That it isn't their first thought is a huge indictment of American leadership. You don't negotiate with people who attack your critical infrastructure. You send very dangerous men to go meet them in the middle of the night. And you announce you did it publicly, so the next one thinks twice before they do it. That is not me being bloodthirsty or harsh. That is simply the laws of mankind. We've told this story before. You've seen, you've read the Bible, or at least you know about the Bible. Chris, this isn't the part you people don't believe in, the New Testament part, but in all seriousness, Paul, you know, Paul's getting flogged, and Paul, he says something to the effect of, are you going to do that to a Roman citizen? And they freak out. That, whoa, 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 uh, oh, hold up. Get him out of chains. What, what are we doing? Now, why is that? No, I'm not preaching at you. Why, why did that happen? Oh, you don't touch a Roman citizen or Rome will come touch you in a very, very harsh way. And Rome did that not because, not because they treasured the life of every citizen. They did that so all Roman citizens would be safer when they traveled around, period. End of story. Go ahead and put your hands on a Roman citizen. You'll find your hands cut off in a couple days. Rome Rome will lay siege to your whole town and raise your city to the ground if you touch a Roman citizen. So it didn't happen. So it didn't happen. 
That's what successful nations do. Why is the world on fire right now? Why do we have, as we speak, over 70% of gas stations in North Carolina out of gas? Why do we have more threats? Why do we have Vladimir Putin on the move? Why do we have China getting super, super aggressive? Well, we talked about it earlier in the show. Because we have a half-functioning, doddering old man in the White House, and they watch TV too, and they know if you're going to do it, now's the time to do it. I mean, speaking of making an example out of people, I have this headline here. There's a video floating around online. I would not recommend you watch it unless you know that you just have a desire to. I did see it of an 80 year old Asian man getting pummeled, and he's yelling and he's crying. And it's it's just it's not a great video. It's not something that's going to make your day better. Believe me. But I've said this a thousand times. Okay, if the police in these in these communities are not allowed to take care of the problem, and clearly they're not allowed because it's oftentimes black men. It's almost always black men attacking these Asian people. And sadly, in these big cities, they're run by people who won't let the cops go after black men now because that's just a weird society thing we have going where everything's racist. But if you're in in this Asian community and you're old people, it's always old people and women who are constantly being beaten up. What are you going to do about it? I, I'm almost tired of it at this point of seeing online hashtags and this has to stop and stop Asian hate. Uh, that doesn't stop anybody. Either get the men in your community together and <clears throat> handle the problem or stop complaining. Handle the problem. Your old people and your women are under assault. Until the people assaulting you Fear assaulting you, they're going to keep assaulting you. So make them fear it, period. Let's get to an email. Gosh, I'm fired up today, Chris. I don't know why I'm so fired up today. Dr. Jesse, I need advice. I have a friend in the military on Facebook. He doesn't post political stuff. However, one of his friends, and I'm pretty sure mentors, posted a video on his Facebook about all the white supremacy in the military saying it reminded him of the conversation they had recently. This friend of mine is hard left and posts some very hard left commie stuff all the time. I think I just got a glimpse into the psyche of my friend, and it would explain some things about him that I always wondered about. My question is, is it time yet where we start weeding people, weeding out the people in our lives who believe in communism? Yes. Yes. I I, I am not one of these people of, oh, anybody's welcome. No, that's ridiculous. Your life gets better and better and better and better the more you prune your friend tree. Prune it. Get out the shears and start pruning it. Prune out the people you allow in your life. You do not, if they don't add any benefit of any kind, get rid of them. Get rid of them. As you get older, you should be dumping friends faster than you acquire them. That's a fact. That sounds harsh. It's 100% true. There are like four people on the planet I enjoy hanging around, and that's who I hang around. Who, who else do I hang around? Nobody else, unless I get dragged to some terrible neighborhood party or something like that. 
parents claim, this is a headline from the post-millennial, that their four-year-old child is transgender. This was on a, a TV show called This Morning. What we're seeing now in the West, it's more than just a disintegration of the society. What we're seeing is a celebration of the disintegration of society. And what it's doing is it's created so many of these people who are mentally ill. And not only are they mentally ill, they pass their mental illness on to their children and then brag about passing their mental illness on to their children. Look, I'm, as you know, as you well know, I'm a bad person. I am a bad person. I've never pretended to be otherwise. I know I am. And one of my greatest fears, because I love my sons so much, is to pass on the bad things about me onto my son. Because I'm a dad. I want them to be way better than me, which admittedly will not be difficult. I want them to be better than me. That's what I can't wrap my mind around when it comes to parents like these sick freaks here. Who looks at their own mental problems and says to themselves, man, I can't wait to pass that on to my kids. That's, that's, there's something evil about that. Chris, am I off base using the word evil? There's something evil about that. There has to be. There's something wrong with you. If you look at your four-year-old and say, you know what I'd love to do? I'd love to screw up his mind for the rest of his life. Shoot, he'll be on antidepressants by the time he's 12. It'll be awesome. You have something wrong with you. The West is failing. And it is a shame that we are failing, but we are. All right, we have more emails. I have somebody running against Greg Abbott for governor coming up in 10 minutes. Hang on. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Show 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. 
More than a thousand gas stations out of fuel. I just need to I need to point something out to you again. And this is hard for us to accept. It's hard for us to understand. Pointing out the destructiveness of the communist policies, it, it can help persuade a moderate or a middle-of-the-road voter, but you need to understand this. That does absolutely nothing to dissuade the communist. Destructiveness is the entire point. It's a religion of domination and destructiveness. That's why communists, even once they take total power, they destroy everything, they take total power, then they turn and start destroying each other. Because it it is a constantly moving forward, destructive, evil religion. That's what it is. You point out to Democrats right now. I see this so much on the right of, what's Joe? Joe Biden has to be scrambling. Oh, this administration is in trouble. The borders are overrun. We We have gas lines. Israel's on fire. Do you think that's a bad situation for the communists? That's beautiful. The communist thrives in periods of time where there's chaos and desperation and destruction. That doesn't hurt the communist at all. Why do you think the communist revolutions have always sprouted? The big ones have always sprouted at a point in time when their host nation was at their lowest. You never get a communist revolution in the Soviet Union. If they aren't stuck with war and poverty and starvation and World War I and we hate the people in charge, it's not like they loved Lenin. They, did, they would never pick some disgusting ideology like communism unless things get bad enough. When things get bad enough, the communist thrives. You're in, you're in heaven if you're the communist then. You want poverty. Joe Biden, I mean, I'm just using him as an example. The Democratic Party? They want inflation. Uh, But, yeah, I did notice that the president uh, did not talk about the border. There is a border crisis. No ifs, no buts about it. The numbers are still high. They're doing a little better at moving the unaccompanied kids from Border Patrol, uh, let's say in Donna, uh, from the Border Patrol station to those five tents that HSS has next door. So they're Mm -hmm. doing a little better on the outfloor. Uh, outflow itself. But what about the inflow? That is people coming in. Those numbers are still coming in. I mean, look at the uh, people that they released on prosecutorial discretion. It's about 8,500 people that they've released on the honor system. And they're not even part of the, uh, have not been given a notice to appear. They're not part of the immigration system. So uh, to say that we have everything under control, you know, I'm supportive of President Biden. I'm a, 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 a supporter of his. But, you know, we're not paying attention to the borders of uh, communities. And, and it's, uh, this is not under control. I can tell you that. It's not under control. That's a Democrat border mayor, by the way. It's not under control, but it is going as planned. It is going as planned. Another hundred, I think it was 127,000. Influx last month, we'll be we're on pace for well over a million illegal immigrants pouring into the country in Biden's first year. 
and you point that out to them. This will destroy America. This is going to bring down. This is going to bring down the, the poor communities. The black communities are going to be ravaged by this. This is going to increase poverty. This is going to. This is going to cause hospital closures. This is going to ruin schools. And the communist looks at you and goes, "Yeah, yeah, I know. You're not. You didn't intimidate him with that. He knows." Oh, we have a we have fuel lines. Americans are getting desperate. They can't fill up their car. And did you see inflation? The average American is having trouble making ends meet. Surely the Democrats are scrambling. No, they don't. They get it. They get it. Why do you think every time they talk, they say something? Chris, do you have that audio from the other day where Joe Biden was talking about the unemployment numbers. And he was talking about specifically he, what he was saying was, okay, I know people are saying that, that uh, the, the unemployment benefits we're handing out are making it so people won't work. You remember, because that, that is the situation. We added 260,000 jobs and there are over 7 million job openings. People are simply making too much money to stay at home. And so Joe Biden gets up to the microphone and says this. We're going to make it clear that anyone collecting unemployment who is offered a suitable job must take the job or lose their unemployment benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except that doesn't work at all. That's what people on the right were saying. That doesn't work. What are you talking about? Everybody knows how to get out of that. Everyone knows how to get around that. You apply for jobs you're not qualified for, then all you have to do is tell the unemployment office, I applied for it. There are a thousand ways that a monkey could figure out how to get around that. And so you screamed that, and I screamed that at Joe Biden. Oh, what are you talking about? Everyone knows how to get around it. He knows that. He knows it's easy to get around it. When, when, the, when, this, when this, they first started getting an indication that people weren't looking for work because they're getting paid too much, Joe Biden's first response before he got so much pushback on it was, oh, no, we need to keep giving more unemployment. And then people scream. They're like, what? That would make it worse. Yeah, he knows. They know. And the reason that's so hard for people to accept is it is difficult thinking about I mean, this. This is the, the analogy I'll use for it. It's you and a buddy. You're in a boat. You're out in the middle of a lake, no life jackets, and your buddy keeps taking a hammer and pounding on the inside of the boat, almost like he's trying to put a hole in it. And he's going to put a hole in it, and if he keeps going, and you're saying to him, dude, stop, What's, what are you doing? You're going to kill us. And you don't realize he is trying to kill you. And if you accept that you're out in the middle of a lake in a boat, with someone who's trying to kill you, if you accept that, if you finally get to the place where you accept that, that's just too hard to accept, isn't it? Isn't that too much? It's hard for you. Wherever you fall on the political spectrum, it's hard for you to accept half your countrymen, half, they want the boat to sink. They're trying to sink the boat on purpose. And getting to a place where you accept that is hard. It is hard. You don't want to believe that about your fellow man. 
You don't want to believe that about your fellow Americans. You can't believe that. No, they just need talking to. No, surely they're just making mistakes. No, they're not. What mistakes? Democrat governors and mayors across the country intentionally slaughtered their own economies so Trump would lose an election. Did that work out poorly for Democrats? This is, a, this is political suicide. Really? Democrats control the House, Senate, presidency, still have all those mayor seats, all those governor seats, all those DAs. Was it political suicide or did it work out just fine? Destructiveness is the whole point. All right, we'll get to this Ghislaine Maxwell thing and the other headlines I haven't gotten to. Hang on. out catch up jessekellyshow.com jake's mint chew is what's going to help you quit and it's not just going to help you quit dipping i get email after email after email from my listeners saying it's helping them or someone they love quit smoking specifically the jake's mint chew cbd pouches seems to be helping the dippers and smokers a lot And look, they have four different flavors of the CBD pouches. So if you're a dipper or you're a smoker, I'm not asking you to climb a mountain here. I'm not even telling you to quit. I'm not your dad. Get some CBD pouches from Jake's Mint Chew, and all I'm telling you to do is the next time you want to dip, the next time you want a cigarette, just one time, just try it one time, throw a CBD pouch in your lip. See if it doesn't take that edge off and kill that craving for you. Tobacco-free and nicotine-free. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout for 20% off. Jesse Kelly returns next. Without them guns, you ain't nothing but a skinny lunger. Hey, Ed, what an ugly thing to say. Our poor ugliness. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? <laughs> you know, Ed, if I thought you weren't my friend, I just don't think I could bear it. <laughs> it is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Ask Dr. Jesse Friday is coming in that right soon. It is coming Friday. So get your questions in now. Remember, for you new listeners, every Friday we do an Ask Dr. Jesse show. I still do a history segment to open the show like I do every day. And then we move on to your questions. You govern the show that day. They do not have to be political questions. They can be. That's totally fine. 
We answer a bunch of those on Friday, too, but it can be about life and relationships and men and women and employment and and travel and food and stupid, idiotic time travel scenarios and animal fights. Whatever's on your mind, we have fun on Fridays. The week is heavy enough, so get your questions in now. I had this email. Dear Shogun, I regret to have to inform you that I have yet to see Tombstone. I apologize for the discomfort I have caused you. Please forgive me, and I'll work to rectify the situation in the near future. I do not forgive you. I do not forgive you. That situation needs to be rectified this week. Do you hear me, brother? This week, you have to make sure you have watched Tombstone. Women, look, you make your own decisions. All your movies are trash, ladies. Fellas, Tombstone has to be on your list. Chris says top five movies men have to see. Well, Tombstone's probably number one on that list. Probably number one. Rudy's probably on there, too. If you, can, if you can stand the tears, you'll be shedding in the end. Old Yeller. Old Ye- what, Chris? <sighs> Gladiator's got to be on there. Gladiator's so sweet. You've never seen Gladiator? Are you kidding me? No, it's not a comedy. Chris, what is it with you people? Every movie doesn't have to be a comedy. Gosh, Gladiator, dude, it's gladiators. It's Rome and and, and fights and heads getting cut off and corruption. And geez, Chris, gosh. Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, sex crimes trial to be set for November. This is from NYPost.com. What's crazy? We still have a trial upcoming. For the lady who was the right hand of Jeffrey Epstein, who apparently ran a massive illegal child, ugh, I don't even want to say it, child, child sex ring that is tied to some of the most powerful men on the planet. British royalty, Bill Clinton, actors, actresses. How much of this stuff is going to come out in the trial? How much of this stuff is going to come out in the trial? Chris just said Bill Gates. I forgot about that. His wife's bringing it up. Bill Gates is in the middle of a divorce, and his wife's busy saying, ah, I've been wondering about Bill since I found out he hung out with Jeffrey Epstein all the time. Uh Uh-oh, yikes. Oh, man, that is spicy. If Ghislaine Maxwell actually makes it alive to trial, I will be shocked. Remember when Jeffrey Epstein killed himself, Chris, when all the cameras went out? (laughs) Come on. Gosh. Headline from Reuters. You know, I used to call Reuters Reuters. No, it's called Reuters, Chris. It's not called Reuters, you idiot. It's not called Reuters. And I know this because I was was doing a radio show one night. This is back when we did our late night show, just the one-hour show on KPRC. And I kept calling it Reuters. I was doing a Reuters story all night. I showed up the next day to 20 emails. Jesse, you community college moron, you're saying it wrong. Anyway, from Reuters. Missouri, Tennessee. Missouri, Tennessee. Missouri, comma, Tennessee, joined the U.S. states cutting pandemic payments. That's right. These these states, they're hearing the outcry. Their economy is tanking and people are not going back to work. And Washington, D.C. is still sending huge chunks of cash to these states to pay more in unemployment benefits. But remember, remember, destruction is the point. Headline from Free Beacon. 
ICE nominee worked with Black Lives Matter to push a false claim that white man murdered a 70-year-old black girl. ICE nominee. He's a Texas sheriff nominated to lead the Immigration and Customs Enforcement. That is what you call the system, ladies and gentlemen. The, the future head of ICE is a Black Lives Matter activist. Wrap your mind around the level of corruption and disaster we have in this country. Gosh, we're so screwed. Girl, this is from MedState.com. Girl who killed D.C. area Uber's driver, Uber Eats driver, pleads guilty, gets away with murder. She, uh, she's a 15-year-old girl. She's going to get held in juvenile detention until she's 18, and then she's going to be released. And, I mean, just... There is no justice in the world. There is no justice in the world. And I'll never forget that video when you watched it. The girl was most concerned. The dude's laying dead on the sidewalk. She's most concerned that she forgot her phone in the car she just carjacked from him. Hang on. I got two more stories. If I ever showed you my custom-made holster from Northwest Retention Systems, you see, I don't just sit behind this microphone and tell you, oh, you have to get the, the best gear. Make sure you get custom gear from Northwest Retention Systems, and then I take off and go buy something else. No, no, no. That's where I get all my gear, and I mean all my gear, my extra mag carrier, everything. I get it from Northwest Retention Systems, but I probably talk to you too much about the quality of the custom-made gear and not enough about how cool it is. Have you ever seen that old Revolutionary War flag, the join or die flag with the snake that's divided up into different parts? Yeah, I have those flags all over my custom-made holster from Northwest Retention Systems. You have to go check out their gear. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10% off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You can leave us a voicemail. You can send me an email. Remember, I read all of your emails. I will not respond. I get way too many, but they all go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them all out for me, and I read them. This is from campusreform.org. Amid violence, University of Michigan student government pledges to be in lockstep with the Palestinians in their fight against oppression. I want you to understand something. The reason the American left loves our enemies and hates our allies as the American left feels the same way about America that our enemies do. It's not more complicated than that. That's all.
Jesse Kelly Show. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.